Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. This is Islam for Christians, episode 56, Hadith, the parable of the rainwater. This is number 79 of the Sahih al-Bukhari collection. The prophet said, the example of guidance and knowledge with which Allah has sent me is like abundant rain falling on the earth some of which was fertile soil that absorbed rainwater and brought forth vegetation and grass in abundance. And another portion of it was hard, and it held the rainwater, and Allah benefited the people with it, and they utilized it for drinking, making their animals drink from it and for irrigation of the land for cultivation. And a portion of it was barren, which could neither hold the water nor bring forth vegetation, then that land gave no benefits. The first is the example of the person who comprehends Allah's religion and then gets benefits from it, from the knowledge which Allah has revealed through me, the prophet, who learns and teaches others. The last example is that of a person who does not care for it and does not take Allah's guidance revealed through me. That person is like a barren land. Muhammad did not speak in parables very often. He gave many lessons, he imparted wisdom, and he certainly had moral authority in his community, but parables weren't really his style, particularly parables that are pure allegory, like ones Jesus used to tell that needed explanation, even to his own disciples. Muhammad's style was different. Muhammad's style tended to be more blunt, to the point focused on the more practical aspects of the real world. Much like the Islamic focus on law over theology, you know, so even when he tells a parable like the one above, there's just little ambiguity to it. Any thinking person should understand the lesson immediately. That's the point. That's the style. Muhammad taught in a very straightforward way, much like a traditional school teacher would. Now compare that style to Jesus, who often used a more Socratic method, interacting with his students and disciples to help them reach their own conclusions often, or at least toward the conclusion he wanted them to reach. Now when Muhammad was asked a question, he answered with an answer, you know, like a normal person, and often a very straightforward answer. But Jesus would often answer a question with a question. Now, I think this is partially why the Greeks ended up liking Jesus so much. Because for a Jewish guy, he had a very Greek style about him. And his use of parables is a perfect example of that Greek style. And he told many, many of them. So Muhammad and Jesus were stylistically very different. But still, occasionally, their styles would overlap. And in this case, the subject matter also overlapped. I mean, really overlapped. A Muslim looks at this parable, the subject of this episode, and sees a pretty good story, and one that makes perfect sense. Now, a Christian sees all that too, but also sees remnants of a gospel story as well, because it looks like a shorter, simpler version of the parable of the sower, only using rainwater as a subject instead of seeds. And the examples are a little different. 
So keep Muhammad's parable in mind. Or listen to it again, or read it. It should be in the episode summary. Or you can just type in uh, Sahih al-Bukhari into a search engine. This should be the first thing that pops up. This was number 79 in the Sahih al-Bukhari collection. And keep in mind the three types of soil mentioned in that parable. And listen to this one I'm going to tell you from Jesus. This is the beginning of Matthew chapter 13. The Parable of the Sower That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time, because when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown.
In Muhammad's parable, he's saying something similar. God's guidance is the rainwater that gives life to the fertile soil, that allows it to live its full potential. This is Jesus' good soil. And then you have the hard land, which can't really absorb the water, but nonetheless holds it to be useful for many people, for drinking and irrigation and whatever else is needed. This is similar to the Ummah, or the Islamic community, the reservoir of faith that can nurture the people where it is needed. This concept is unique to Muhammad's parable. And then we have the barren land, which cannot hold water or nurture the soil. In Jesus' parable, this would be the seeds that fell on the path, or maybe if you want to stretch it, the rocky soil. Now, when you see these stylistic differences, it brings to mind two of the most famous myths of the ancient world, or types of myths in the ancient world. I'm talking about the pagan ancient world here. Those are the Nordic myths and the Greek myths. These are well-known throughout the world. Um, for those who aren't aware, the Nordic myths revolve around figures you may have heard, uh, especially Thor or Odin or Loki. The Greek myths were Zeus and the whole crew on Mount Olympus. Uh, Rome later on conquered those gods and renamed them. Um, those are the names of the planets. Now, both are very entertaining, and both have a great deal to say, but both also mirror the environments in which they were told. The Nordic myths come from a darker, more brutal world, a harsher environment, both societally and environmentally. You know, Northern Europe is cold, and there were few cities, and cultural exchanges with the wider world were rare. In, in Germanic lands, cosmopolitanism, it wasn't a thing. You know, urbanites didn't really exist. They didn't have philosophers. They had warriors. And their stories reflected that, as did their concerns. Now, the Greeks were the opposite. They were urban, more connected to the world, with an intellectual culture that, at the time, was so rich that when the Romans conquered the Greeks, like I said, they had no choice but to co-opt everything Greek, including their gods. Now, incidentally, a similar thing would later happen in history when the Mongols started conquering Muslim lands. So the environment can be key, and you see that in these differing parables between Muhammad and Jesus. Just look at the choice of the main subject of basically the same parable. For Muhammad, it's rainwater. For Jesus, it's seeds. Now, why would that be? Jesus came from the Mediterranean, where farming was a major, well-known thing. It's a place that is hospitable to agriculture. A place where people plant many, many seeds. They would know what this is. Now, Muhammad's home? Not so much. Not that it was unheard of. But Arab life revolved around water and the spots in the desert where it could be found, where it would reliably stay. And, you know, a place you could actually go to with some kind of consistency where you could get a drink, like an oasis. And yet, funny enough, both of them come to the same conclusion. It is those who accept the word of God who are like the fertile land, the useful land. 
and those who reject it are the barren, useless land. And, maybe not coincidentally, these two religions would produce, by far, the most fertile land, the greatest spiritual yield in the history of the world. And whether it was because God was spreading seed or sending rainwater, the result is the same a bountiful crop of spiritual seekers dedicated to the God of Abraham. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time, inshallah. Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.